This is Hannah Nordby with NDSU Adams County Extension, and you're listening to Agriculture Applied, Innovate, Relate, Create with NDSU Extension. In today's episode, we will be talking about the evolution of SHOPS, a record-keeping program developed here in North Dakota for North Dakota producers that allows folks to compare operational benchmarks and see how their numbers compete with producers across the state. In the first portion, I sit down with Lee, who has been working with the program for years, offering support to participants and has a wealth of knowledge about the program, along with Aaron, who is a producer in the central portion of the state and an avid user of SHAPS. We end the episode with Zach, who is an NDSU Extension Livestock Specialist and has spearheaded the updating of the SHAPS program. Go ahead, grab a cup of joe and settle in to ponder innovative ideas and reflect on generational changes, which can help us create a better tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss out. Hey, hello, everyone, and welcome to Agriculture Applied. This is your host, Hannah Nord, and today we are going to be talking about SHAPS. It's a record-keeping program offered through NDSU Extension. Honestly, it's a program that my own family has utilized throughout the years. You know, as soon as my dad could push that onto my plate and it was one less thing he had to do on the computer, he definitely did. I have some experience, and I think it's a great program, and I'm excited to be talking about it in a little bit more depth and detail today. Without further ado, my guest speakers. Lee, if you want to kind of kick things off. I'm Lee Tizer. I'm at the Dickinson Research Extension Center. I've been here 40 plus years, kind of worked at all different, on the agronomy, the livestock range even. Uh, And I've been doing CHAPS program since 2010. CHAP started, we have records back to 1977, I believe. I always say that Lee is my uh, go-to person whenever I have (laughs) questions. He's the first person I call, and I just really appreciate him as a lifeline and everything. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, so I'm Aaron Subart. I'm from Robinson, North Dakota, kind of in the hilly pothole region. And I started utilizing CHAPs, I think it was 2014. I was senior year in high school. Um, I saw a need for our operation to have more records and more performance data. I didn't, just didn't see enough progress in my eyes, young, ambitious guy. It's something that I started implementing because I had my own cow herd at that time. And uh, the plans for me to come back home and I wanted to start getting a uh, baseline on my cows, knowing their productivity and their history and comparing them from year to year. So been pretty helpful on our operation, especially with the drought 21. I was able to find the bottom 10% of the herd and without even having any sympathy for them, I just hauled them to town. So it was just a quick, easy way because all, all you, all our producer really needs, it doesn't require a lot. The most amount of work that's going to take is really just recording your weaning weights on your calves. Pretty much all producers that I know though are going to run their calves through anyways in the fall time. They might as well take an extra half hour and weigh and hold. For me, um, I'd like to start weighing my cows too. I, I like to compare the large cows versus the smaller cows and see how that'll affect the ratioing, I guess. And uh, it's been pretty nice also for being able to compare my sires with the AI sires and I'm able to compare the weaning weights and which sires are working good for my cows and which ones aren't really pushing me along to where my goals are. So 
you both did a good job of explaining there's a lot of resources and ways you can utilize SHAP's program. And what I'm hoping we can do in this episode is um, dial down a little bit more. Kind of to get started, Lee, you were talking a little bit about the history of the SHAPS program. Out of curiosity, what exactly does SHAPS stand for? Yeah. It's a cowherd appraisal program, a performance software. Cowherd appraisal performance software. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I, I'm, I think I'm going to just stick to calling it SHAPS yeah. <laughs> for today's purposes, but uh I was curious as I was writing this down or writing, thinking about what we should cover and talk about today. I had, so, to, cheat. I had to cheat and look at the folder to make sure I had the words right. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, that makes me feel a lot better about that. You had been kind of talking about how Shops got started. And then, you know, can you just finish explaining how it got started and then kind of how it's growing? Um, you know, we'll be talking to Zach later about the web format, but leading up to the web format, how has SHAPS evolved over the years to meet producers' needs in North Dakota? When we started, or when they started, I should say, the only information back in uh, 78, I guess it is, uh, we had, uh, we took the number of calves, birth date, uh, weaning date, and weaning weight. That's all the information they took, all the information we had. And, by, and now we are to the point where we are doing, uh, we have the number of cows, total number of cows exposed, number of calves you've had. Um, and then it, it works, works out your uh, pregnancy, pregnancy uh, rate, death rate, death loss. It'll give you a, a gain per day of age if you, if you weigh them at, uh, at birth. It's not a, it's not a, number that you have to have but the information we need to make chaps really work is uh cow id calf id birth date weaning weight and weaning date those are the five things that we really we need and then that will uh, get you your two adjusted 205s it'll get you your ratio on the ratio 100 is even is average so anything above that is obviously above average or below average, whichever way it goes. So you can kind of keep an eye on, uh, you know, are my cows getting too big? Do I want to cut back, kind of cut them down here a little bit, you know, or am I shrinking a little bit? I want to, you know, push this, push it up a, li- a bit, the frame scores and things. So, which we can all, we, all, we can also record frame scores. Uh, we can put them in the, like background. If you have the start and, Finish date, we can tell you what they gained during the background. We have a place in there for replacements, how your replacement heifers are doing, or if you're, if you're raising bulls, that'll give you your yearling weight, that sort of thing. I know it's kind of hard. If you don't, I know it's almost impossible if you don't retain ownership. But if you have ownership and you can work with your, whatever the packing plant is, you can get carcass data back and we can put that into the program too. And it sorts it out by bull or by breed or cow, that sort of thing. So you kind of have an idea where those are going, which ones are on the top, which ones on the bottom. And like Aaron said, um, you could, it's pretty easy to sort because we get a printout that tells you what the top cow is. And it just goes down through the list to the bottom. 
And so you can cut them off for every, however many you think you need to cut. You know what you know what the numbers are. That's that are the low lower producing cows of your herd. I mean, a lot of guys they probably know the top, but they know the top group. They know some of the bottom group, but they may not know the middle part of the whole group. What's going on there? Now, Aaron Lee was talking about those at a minimum. This is what the numbers and the information that we need to right. make shafts work. Uh, would you say, from a producer's standpoint? Are you inputting those minimums? Are you taking advantage of some of the other, or were you taking advantage of some of those other options or what type of information were you putting out and what numbers did you like to see back when you were making those different calling decisions? Yeah, most of those traits are what I, you know, I didn't really have a good scale set up. My wife and I, when we were dating, actually, we had to make our own little crush box out of wood and we bought a cheap set of scales. We threw them on, you know, we'd come to place in front of our chute and, um, with our working facility, it was outdated and old, and we just weren't really weren't really able to do everything we wanted. But it was the first right step. Uh, now we have a good hydraulic shoe with scales underneath it, so I can weigh anything I want now. I'm hoping to start taking down calf weights or uh, cow weights now, and uh, I'd like to start implementing or putting my bulls into the herd. Just kind of just kind of doing some more stuff like that, I guess. But uh, for the most part, I'm more interested in just finding out how my cows ratio. Um, there's always cows that surprise me. There's a lot of cows that are actually towards the bottom or just kind of mediocre that I love and adored until I look at them on paper and I go, wow, you're not doing so hot. So, you know, it kind of makes you think twice about keeping their daughters or not. Because a lot of times there's, there's those surprises I look at and I'm like, I can't be right. It must be Chap's fault and I must know everything, right? But <laughs> I take a step back and I was like, well, she's well, maybe a little bit more moderate cow and maybe her calf won't be the biggest weaning weight and this and that. So... I think that's why I'd like to start throwing in my cow weights just so I can see my large cows or my smaller cows and then like to see how they compare to each other, I guess, too. As you were talking, especially about your experience changing scales, it reminded me of like our shoot experience and freeze branding, how we started off just like an older shoot and they would always choke down. So then we got a brisket bar and that made it so much easier. And now we have like a hydraulic squeeze shoot and oh my gosh, freeze branding is just a million times easier. <laughs> but, but I, you know, you don't have that appreciation for the squeeze shoot without also experiencing that old older shoot without a brisket bar and the pain <laughs> and the agony that you had to go through. So I'm almost thinking that someday when I have kids, we might have to just pull out that older shoot and make them work some cows through that a couple of times, just so they have an appreciation and understanding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I guess I also want to take a moment to just clarify with folks that we're really talking about the SHAPS 2000 program, right, Lee? Yep. When we're talking about all these different features. Lee, first, I want to ask you if people are utilizing SHAPS 2000 on their own, how could they send in that information to you and why would they want to share that information? And then, Aaron, I'll have a follow-up question for you. The easiest way to do it is to just mail it, put it on a flash drive and mail it in, and then we'll open it up, take a look at it, print out the reports, that, the standard reports that we always print out and mail it back to you. It's not a requirement for folks when they have the SHAPS 2000 on their own computer and they're inputting that data on their own, but what would be a benefit or why would a producer still want to share that information? I think the biggest reason they would want to send it in is that it, there's a backup. 
if you send in your data, we, we wait for three years. And then if the data coming in and looks good and always put in the way it's supposed to be, and there's no questions on your data and things, then we put that in the, into our running benchmark that we use every year. That's what Aaron was talking about when he's comparing to the North Dakota herds. You'll have your, uh, that has pregnancy percentage and different things, number of cows and different things down the line. And then it compares yours to the benchmarks of all the herds lumped in together for an average. And it's a five-year average. It rolls every year. So, Well, and then Aaron, from your perspective, from a producer's perspective, you touched on it a little bit, but could you just expand on you utilize it when making um, different decisions on your own operation? Just basically comparing my herds compared to everyone else's in North Dakota. So you're getting at, yeah. I think that's really beneficial. Then those other programs out there, and they may give you a rundown of, you know, even American averages or weaning weights, pregnancies, and this and that, and that's fine. But some of those are coming from Texas. Some are coming from Nevada out in the desert. Some are coming from Montana out in the mountains and different climates, different altitudes, different types of seasons and stuff like that. So their cattle are going to grow differently than ours, you know, different forages. In North Dakota as a whole, from east to west, it, it, it can be quite different, but at least we all have uh, pretty cold winters and stuff that we have to go through as well. So, so there's going to be a lot more similarities, I guess, that we can compare our notes to one another and maybe even, even if it's just for bragging rights, just like, ah, I'm, I'm a little bit better than the average producer or not. Or if you're a little bit below, like, wow, I need to look at my bull selection maybe a little bit more, or change things up a little bit, I guess. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. it doesn't make all my decisions or anything like that. It's just something nice to compare it to to see if you're going the right direction or not. So you should always try to be a little bit above the rest, I always think, or, or else you're going backwards. Right. They're kind of comparing apples to apples this way instead of apples and oranges. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that really covers everything that I wanted to talk about with both of you. Uh, is there anything that I should have asked that I missed or... Any final thoughts you want to leave listeners with? It takes time, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I didn't trust my data, you know, even like the first two, three years. I just didn't have enough performance records on our cows. But now being closer to 10 years in, I trust the data a lot more. I have more years of um, production to compare it to. My 10-year-old cows now have been getting their reports for 10 years now or more, so... It can be tough then too. Another thing I, I like to watch out for is like the first time calvers. A lot of times they're going to be, when you see their rankings, the rankings are going to be lower compared to a lot of your adult cows. But a lot of times you, I want to see it to forgive them, but you have to kind of take that with a grain of salt to see how they are producing compared to the rest of the herd. Is it just because it's their first year? How do they milk? Would they be good moms, bad moms? Will they come out of it or not? So like this year when I, we made a sell off probably 10% of the herd. Um, I didn't sell any of the first time calvers or second time calvers because I want, I knew, well, A, they're young and if they were functional and, and in good shape, I kept them. But there was an older cow or middle aged cow that, you know, overweight and giving me 500 pound calves in the fall. I, that's a good reason to get rid of her, I thought. That's, that's one thing I, I try to look through, though, too. And I don't know if that's always right or not, but. No, I'm really glad you brought that up because that was the same thing with us when we switched from sending information into Lee to Hannah and putting that information. We really didn't utilize it until I'd been putting information in for about three or four years. And then it was finally like, yes, 
we have enough background um, because, you know, in North Dakota, what is averages, right? It seems like one year you're in a drought and the next year we have a surplus of rain and it's important to collect data from all the, the different extremes that we experience and that our cattle are also experiencing. It's, it's a decision that you want to make for your lifetime or, or for the long haul. It's not something you want to try for one or two years and then give up on. It's something you're willing to do year after year and not skip a year and you know whatnot. So it does, it takes some discipline to, to get it done. So Thank you so much, Lee and Aaron, for hopping on and providing your real-world experiences in using SHAPS. Next, I'll turn to Zach to learn more about this updated web version of SHAPS that we all have been looking forward to. Hello, welcome, Zach, and welcome back, everyone, to take two on our deep dive into the NDSU SHAPS program. I wanted to make sure that we looped in Zach because we just got done talking with Aaron and um, Lee had a brain space there, right there. But we just got done talking with Lee and Aaron and Zach, you're a very key third component to the SHAPS program. And so why don't you kind of briefly introduce yourself and what you bring to the table as far as the SHAP program goes? Yes. All right, Hannah. So I'm Zach Carlson. I'm the Extension Beef Cattle Specialist. My office is on main campus um, here in Fargo. So my role or why we're talking about CHAPS today and why I know a little bit about it is um, I started about a year ago. Um, It would have been in the summer of 2021. And uh, part of getting started or kind of one of the first tasks I was given was to help um, assist the team that was already in place to update the CHAPS 2000 program to an online server-based software program. So that was one of the first things I got involved with. So I've I've been working in this program a little bit. Uh, Obviously, Lee has lots more experience with that, but that's kind of uh, my my uh, how I got my foot in the door with chaps and 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 really kind of helped uh, shape it to what it is and 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 trying to turn it into that to that new system. Right. No. As I was listening to Lee and Aaron and the years of experience they have had, whether it's Lee and him inputting data and just working with the program, or Aaron on the producer side utilizing the program over the years, I was like, hmm. We've got some decades, decades of information here and working experience with that SHAPS 2000 program. And, you know, when we were talking, we were really focusing a lot on the SHAPS 2000 program and because that's where, you know, their experience really stems from. And we talked about the benefits and some of the real world application of that program. But recently, the SHAPS program has gotten an upgrade And before we get too far into the nitty-gritty details, I wanted to take a moment to really clarify with listeners the direction of the new SHAPS program compared to SHAPS 2000. Yeah, so it is definitely, you know, if we call this new program, and we didn't really come up with a fancy name or anything, right? It's it's really just chaps. Um, should have maybe thought more about that, but that's okay. 
um, the the way version 1.0 right this 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 baseline version that we have as as we anticipate there'll be you know updates throughout its lifetime and and of course as things change and we want to always keep improving but the the base of the program is really kind of um is is directed towards um producers that haven't had any formal record keeping in terms of electronic or anything like that. It's really kind of geared towards producers to start collecting data. Those um, uh, those users and, and those producers, what we're looking at in addition or kind of to, to build off that, right, is we have all these producers um, out there, you know, using CHAPS 2000 and there's, there is quite a few, Lee kind of has the numbers, but that are, that are out there using the program and right it's it's all on your computer right it it's it's right there well um and and he talked lee talked about kind of the process that you know for the benchmark and getting data from producers to lee's hands right where he can put it into into the system to then drive the benchmarks is kind of arbitrary or mailing them in, mailing in a flash drive uh, is really, you know, we're, we're far beyond that in terms of technology at this point. And so a lot of that was what filled, right, drove um, the development of the new program, the online program. So in that sense, though, um, one thing that has been limited to this point with version 1.0 is the basically the uploading of historical data. We we just haven't, we didn't put the infrastructure in at this point in time to do that. And so uh, that's where, when we think about really this program and, and who it's for, uh, but primarily, you know, it'd be those users that, that wanna get started into CHAPS. And what we will do though, is we can put in historical data. It's just, it's, it's a pretty uh, labor intensive uh, procedure right now for us. It's not the producer themselves can't do it, but we're more than willing to help producers um, get that data input. So we're kind of working through that right now in terms of how we can make that a little easier. Um, because obviously, as Aaron alluded to, you know, he really felt like the program wasn't really hitting home for him until he was like five years in, 10 years in now uh, to have, you know, that, that, that basically that the the amount of, of data backing up his decisions where he's really confident in it now at that point. And that's where we want everybody to be that uses CHAPS. And so we under, we understand that, that that really needs to be uh, further developed in the online, the new program. And that's what we're gonna work towards uh, as, as we move towards um, updates. Right. Well, and you just covered a lot of ground there for listeners and everything. And so let's take, let's back things up a little bit. And when we're talking about Shaps, Chaps 2000, don't ask me why I always grew up sh saying Shaps instead of Chaps. But it's like an East River, West River thing, right? At, at right. least that's what I'm told as the, as the new guy. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But okay, so the big difference between Shaps 2000 versus just regular Shaps is that um, Shaps is the web-based version, which I am really excited about. Right when I first heard about you guys wanting to 
kind of upgrade the system. I was like, yes, because the way we do it now is when I update computers, I have to transfer the file from my old computer to my new computer, or I have to make sure I bring my computer with wherever I think I'm going to be utilizing it. I can't mm-hmm. like go home and use my parents' computer. You know, I have to bring my own laptop. And so I'm really excited for it to be web-based. So that's one, like, I think big positive for the new program. Are there any other new new aspects that producers can look forward to with this new SHAPS program? Yes. So the old program, CHAPS 2000, as you indicated, right, it's on your computer. And so in terms of needing that computer to be around and in order to enter data, look at data and all those kinds of things, the new system, obviously, you know, being able to access it from anywhere that you have internet. But then on top of that, as Lee Lee talked about, um, kind of, you know, and 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 uh, Aaron did as well, that it was uh, a, a, you know, a sit down, enter the data kind of right post weaning type type um, data entry. So once you, you know, you keep all your records from from the calf birth records and and so on, all the way up to weaning, and then sit down and crunch the numbers. At that point, the new program will allow you to do just that if you want it. But really, I think a big barrier of entry for people to use these systems, at least I think this relates even, you know, outside of of record keeping and a cow-calf operation uh, into, you know, I think everyone can relate to this where it, when is it ever, you know, something you're looking forward to, right, to sit down for the next six hours and type a whole bunch, right, budgets or or whatever data, right? Uh, it's not really ideal if you can if you can eliminate that whole time process by spreading it out across the year, right, or when you actually get the data. Um, it, it's a much more pleasant, right, and, and easier to keep up. Uh, and so in this system, data entry is driven by you. Um, and you can enter that data whenever. Now, you can do that too with CHAPS 2000. The difference here would be pro- probably the report generator. And, and, and so we'll actually be able to um, generate uh, reports w- as the data comes in because the calculations and everything that build those reports. So Aaron talked about the ratios and the adjusted 205 uh, weaning weights and you know the frame scores and everything like that all that is calculated uh, right through through equations based on calf birth weight right average daily gain for instance and stuff like that all those are calculated and the reports on the new system the online system it, that automatically occurs as you enter data so if you if as you enter in birth weights, you can look at your average birth weight, you can run that report. Now, as we think about all the things that go into those reports, it won't calculate, you know, anything beyond that, right? Because you haven't entered wean weights and stuff like that yet. But those reports kind of can operate in a real-time fashion where you don't have to, you know, submit the data into Lee as the old system or sit down and enter all that data in at the end. You can go um, and enter that data as uh, as you collect it. So it's kind of like, um, built towards a shoot side function in terms of if you're running the calves through, you can enter 
weights, of course, and it, as it is right now, you need internet access for that shoot side capability. But that's a big difference um, that this new, the new version uh, ha- brings to it uh, compared to Chaps 2000. Right, you right. can kind of see things evolve as they're coming along and everything. Sorry, am I echoing back here? No. Okay, that must have just been me. Um, okay, anyways, back to... Uh, but yeah, no, I like that aspect of being able to see those different ratios kind of live, right? They're mm-hmm. coming in as you're putting in data. And at least for me, that would motivate me to keep putting in data because I'm getting data back. I can be kind of uh, a numbers person and I get teased about it a little bit, but I I really like seeing those numbers and being able to make different decisions or just, it kind of just gives me a benchmark of how things are going as that calving season is rolling along. Yeah. Yeah. And and I should, I should add to maybe one more thing that's new to the, to the online version is that, uh, so we've, Aaron talked about the benchmarks and Lee talked about them. So with that, um, in your own personal account uh, on the the online version, there's going to be a there'll be a benchmark for your herd. So um, we talk about what really kind of benchmarks are, and maybe I need to take a step back. And and basically anyone that that um, chooses to send their data in um, for three consecutive years participates in chaps for three years and has more than um, or at least fifty cows. In the herd, they qualify for the benchmarks. And so um, with that, though, then, right, all the data is averaged in there and then turned out back to the producers of the state of North Dakota, right, and, and whoever else wants to look at them. And it's a great tool in that sense. But one of the new things for the for the online version is it actually will calculate your benchmark. So your five years of data will be averaged so you can see it. Uh, online, so in, 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 uh, and you can compare your five-year average with the benchmark five-year average, and so they'll both be reported right next to each other on the online version, and that's something I I hope people can appreciate with that program as a way to you know it's it's okay to compare each year um, you know to to a five-year average, but um, as you indicated you know talking with with Lee and Aaron that. Uh, those are great tools, but if you can kind of, you know, each year is so different, right? We don't really, I don't think a normal year exists, or at least it hasn't since I've, I've been around. And so with all that variation, all that swing, you can actually see your five-year average, which accounts for a lot of that variation, and you can compare it to the benchmark. So it, there is kind of a, an additional um, benchmark, I guess, calculated for your own herd in the new system. Right. And as we're talking about benchmarks, I've heard from producers how much they like to, I mean, Aaron expressed how much he really utilizes that tool to see if he's on par with other herds across the state. Is, you know, is he ahead of other herds? Is he kind of ticking behind? Where is he at exactly? And I've also heard different industry individuals talk about the SHAPS program and how much they appreciate it and they really like it and they utilize those numbers as well 
have you had similar conversations or can you just further expand on the importance of this data, how it's utilized and why we want to be able to share it with others? Yeah, so I've definitely had similar experiences where, you know, if, if we can, I think benchmarks on the surface kind of are, uh, make a lot of sense in the in fact of, yeah, it, it kind of gives us an idea of where things are at. But if you really think about trying to find reliable current data to, you know, help either gauge your success or your failures within your operation. Um, there, there is some tools out there, but but this benchmark that's um, always generated, right? And it has a, a big impact in terms of knowing, um, I think more, more or less, not only maybe some areas of improvement within your operation, but I think it could potentially show you some areas that you um, excel at that you didn't maybe weren't aware of entirely uh, when you get to compare your data to the benchmarks and the benchmarks are only as good right as as um, as the data that goes into them so the more people that participate in the benchmarks the stronger those numbers actually get and and help provide us with with um, a good baseline for producers and and it isn't just the average that gets generated in these benchmarks it is broken down into percentiles or quartiles so you do get to see the bottom 25 percent right the the mid-level 50 percent and the upper 75 and so you kind of you see the minimum and the maximums within there as well as the averages and so it it does help you know at least parse out where you stand in there but i also to your point, I have had discussions with um, uh, a company and uh, from in the industry that was utilizing the benchmarks to help uh, describe to their clients, their producers, some of the impacts you know that 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 they see or or could utilize in terms of you know having those reliable numbers because we can we have a good idea you know that that your you want your calf crop to be at, you know. 90%, right? Your weaning rate success at 90%, but we don't know what those actual values are or how each year is impacted, um, impacting producers between, you know, all the changes in the, you know, the volatility that goes into the cow-calf industry with environment and, and, and of course now anything supply chain and stuff like that. But, but anyway, to actually be able to collect that data through really minimal effort uh, on everyone's part, simply because the producers are already collecting that data, I think it's it's a huge impact and and helping you know for sure, Hannah as as an extension agent, helping the agents understand you know um, where the state of North Dakota is, and as Aaron indicated, those benchmarks are really local data, kind you know per se with with the state, and so you know it's operations that are similar uh, to yours in a lot of the sense at least that they're experiencing. Uh, mostly the same environment, same weather, uh, you know, local prices and stuff like that that are affecting um, those each individual operations are, are all kind of in the at least a similar boat. Right. And I think about in times like now where that margin our profit margin are just getting tighter and tighter and smaller and smaller, right? And so whatever producers can be doing to help guide their decisions 
can give them maybe a little bit more wiggle room when it comes to those different margins. You know, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but can you kind of describe the type and kind of producer that would fit into this new CHAPS program? Ideally, you know, where the program, if we think of this this new version as kind of the baseline for where we we will continue to make improvements and, and build upon, the way the first version is set up is somebody that can, uh, you know, sit down, wants to be able to go online and, and access that data to enter that data, you know, and as you're collecting it, maybe you don't have a lot of historical data to enter. Uh, th- at this point, the program's really set set up well for that. At some point, and in, in, uh, I don't want to tease anybody, but there will be a phone application that pairs up with this program. We do, we have started the development of that program uh, as a, a phone app, but uh, so at some point, you know, the, the, the focus would be to actually uh, be able to enter a lot of that data from your phone versus a laptop or something like that. But that's kind of who the, um, I think the, the ideal user at this point, somebody that's getting into the system, somebody transitioning from a system. I think that's probably the biggest, the hardest part, right, is jumping into a new system, not only to learn the new system, but also if you wanted that historical data perspective. And so we're going to work with the current CHAPS users if they want to move from CHAPS 2000 to enter in that data. It just takes a little bit of time uh, on our end and and to do that. But certainly somebody that wants to start, yeah, start fresh, doesn't, isn't bringing in a lot of, of historical data, they'd be, they'd be great for this program, I think, and or somebody that wants to try the new program out that's been with CHAPS for a long time, uh, we're certainly making headway on on getting historical data entered in. It's just something that we'll have to do on the back end uh, rather than the producer doing themselves. You were just talking about the CHAPS 2000 program a little, a little bit, and I'm wondering, you know, is CHAPS 2000, is it still relevant? Are there producers that are best fit to continue utilizing the older program? I think CHAPS 2000 still has tremendous amount of usefulness to it. So there's no, for me and our team, I don't think there's any reason to move away from CHAPS 2000. Certainly, as we transition to, you know, what data gets into the new program and prioritize things. There were a couple things that CHAPS 2000 will have that the new version won't. And so for those interested or considering moving from CHAPS 2000 into the new system, we aren't able to carry through, and and I'll clarify at this point in time, we we aren't able to do this in version 1.0, carry through carcass data. So we don't have any data entry basically beyond once the calf's weaned. Now, there are features for replacement heifers, and so this the the system is is does generate basically a, a link between the calf data from that replacement female into cow data, and so that that link that circle is still kept um, within the online version, but we don't have any real background stalker finishing data collection as well as carcass. To feed into the new program at this point in time. Obviously, moving forward, we'd love to get to that point. And same, likewise, we do not have the sire reports in the online version. One of those things Aaron was talking about 
birth weight, wean weights on a sire basis. We don't have that report available. Otherwise, all the other reports, for those that are familiar with CHAPS 2000, are in the new system. Those are kind of probably the two biggest things I think that need pointed out for those looking at the new system that are familiar with the old system or familiar with other record keeping softwares that that do a lot a lot of those same features. Those two things aren't really brought through in the new one at this point in time. We we have them on our to-do list for an update. Well, no, I think you did a great job kind of explaining the differences between uh, SHAPS 1.0, I guess we can call it, and SHAPS 2000, and, you know, what aspects of two, SHAPS 2000 did not transfer over to this newer updated version of SHAPS, but how you recognize that they're still valuable tools, and they're on you know, the forefront of your mind to get them implemented, but, you know, baby steps. You're starting something new, and I think it was a huge step, huge jump for you to even get it to a web-based version, and so I just want to applaud you for that. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, so as we're, you know, I think we're kind of working towards winding down. Is there anything else that we should have touched on that we didn't? Basically, I guess if for those interested in listening to this, that want to find out more, I direct them to the website. So they can go there and all the information for the new program and kind of where to get signed up. There's an option to try the version before you buy it. And so you can find the link to that on our website, as well as a lot of, uh, you know, useful information about the program and in and, and the benchmarks themselves can all be found on that website. So I'd encourage people to go check it out. They can always contact me. I'd be happy to chit chat with anybody or exchange emails. And we have videos on on the NDSU Extension YouTube channel, which you can find those links through the CHAPS website as well. And so if you're interested in looking at the user guide and kind of kind of a how to uh, approach to the system, you can check out those videos on how to upload. Yeah, that's kind of uh, whatever kind of information should be able to find at that at our website and well and in some in summary what we'll do is we'll make sure to add that chaps link in the episode bio along with your content information in case people are they have questions they'd like to inquire more you know what i'll probably do too is just to let people know that if they are having questions about pricing it's kind of uh something that's still evolving and everything and so just head to that shops website and that information will be there with the most up-to-date version yeah what you guys kind of got cooking does that sound good zach yeah no that sounds good and uh, i guess that you made me think of one thing and that is i think the flexibility from this point on in adapting and updating is going to be a really helpful and i know there's been a lot of anticipation on this new version coming out and so i'm 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 very optimistic in the sense that from this point forward and how these updates get handled and everything should be at a much faster rate simply due to the uh, you know working on it from an online version and and basically being able to update the program overnight and not having to send out, you know, an email or a flash drive or a, a CD-ROM, right? 
when those existed of of the updated program it, it just happens you know just like updating your phone it just it just happens very excited for those things as we think about kind of where chaps is headed next it's very exciting. I know I'm excited about it and the different opportunities that it'll provide to not only my family operation because we utilize the program, but for operations across the state. And I just think it's really awesome. So good job, Zach. And um, yeah, and I also just wanted to say thanks to for hopping on and taking the time to kind of dive into SHAPS a little bit with me, help explain what the new program is all about and how producers can best utilize it for their specific operations. Thanks for having me, Hannah. Thank you for listening to Agriculture Applied. It's been a wild ride since launching way back in 2020. For the 2023 season, we are looking to bring listeners a new episode the first Thursday-ish of the month while providing bonus episodes when possible. I would like to extend some final thanks to Sophia Sockwell over on the mix board, Hair and Makeup by Country Style. Our healthy caffeine addiction is supported by the local coffee shop, the Peacock Mercantile, and of course to you, the listener, for your continued support. Agriculture Applied can be heard wherever podcasts can be found. Until next time, Take care.